Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Gut, 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 all day long. Gut, gut, gut. While I sing this song, oh, hey kids, how are you? Kevin Goatees here with another episode of Gutting the Sacred Cow. This week, our old pal Ray Goots, remember him? He did Jurassic Park, returns to do one of the most beloved Christmas films of all time. I know, not really the season, but here we are. Elf. Ray hates Elf with a passion. So, can Ray get a past our resident Christmas film expert, Kevin Israel, that this is a Christmas film? We'll find out. GuttingTheSacredCow at gmail.com, GuttingTheSacredCow.com for all your merch needs, hats, bags, shirts. And wow, this is the biggest twist that this podcast is ever going to have. You will not see the twist at the end of this podcast coming by a mile. I promise you. Now, without any further delay, let's see what I'm talking about. Choose life, choose a job, choose a career, choose a family, choose a fucking big television, choose washing machines, cars, compact disc players, and electric tin openers. Kevin Israel, name that film. Is that Demolition Man? It is not. Our guest oh, I, thought is, was, I thought that was part of what's his name's rant. Oh, uh, Dennis Leary in the very Dennis end. Dennis Leary's rant. <laughs> God, that was prime Leary, too. I loved it. Yeah, our it was. Guest, our guest is returning guest, Ray Goots, who came off the Jurassic Park gutting. Ray, what's up, buddy? How you been? What's up, guys? Good to be back. Do you, got, do you know what quote that film is from? Is that a John Hughes movie? It is not a John Hughes <laughs> film. We were talking As, about him before we started recording. Who is were, it? I can't believe you. None of you two got that. I thought this was easy. Train spotting. It's the opening model. Oh, I've never seen that. I've never seen that. What? Train spotting. Yeah. Israel, I'm surprised you missed that one too. That's. Uh, I, I saw it once. I mean, 20 years ago, probably. I, I like it. I've seen it a good amount of times. Is it an easy rewatch? No, it is not. Uh, but that, and that's a banging ass soundtrack too. Besides Lust for Life, that whole soundtrack. Top to bottom is great. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, here we go again. Gutting the sacred cow. Man, are we having some fantastic choices by the gutters. Batman 89, Return of the Jedi, uh, American Pie, for Christ's sakes. Borat, all these films have been attempted assassination attempts upon them. We've got Ray Goots back. Ray has taken a film that was almost done before. And now he's gonna try. He's gonna complete. He's gonna close that loop. Ray is going for the 2003 mega classic, Elf. A budget at the time of 33 million dollars. A box office gross of 222.3 million dollars. Turn that into 2022 money. 51.8 million dollar budget. 
350.3 gross. That's a seven timer there, Kevin Israel. That's a nice profit. I take that. Not too shabby. Quotes. Famous rays, but <laughs> there are many of them, but the real one is on 11th Street. <laughs> Aside, famous rays sucks. Everyone knows the best slices are Joe's, the best pies are John's on Bleecker. Thank you. Well, Santa, Santa's an asshole who only comes to the city once a year. What are you? <laughs> uh, you did it. The world's best coffee. He burps. Did you hear that? I, that made me laugh. Can I listen to your necklace? Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? That was mine. That was the, that was the one. That actually, I got a good laugh out of me. I, I, I got a good chuckle too. Kevin Israel, what do you have? Um, uh, what, what was the uh, the best way to spread Christmas cheer? Is singing loud for all to hear. I think that's like the, the the line in the movie. Oh, and I am a cotton heady ninny muggin. Oh yeah. Gootsy, what do you have? Quotes, anything jumping out at you? Uh, my favorite line is that uh, you're an elf. He keeps saying it to the little finger. Yeah. I forget the character's name. Like <laughs> Peter Dinklage. Now, yeah, Peter Dinklage. There you go. He's not little finger. Little finger's the uh, the guy who manipulates. The Tyrion. Tyrion. Yeah. Tyrion. Yeah, yeah. I just because he's little. Uh, I was going to call him Trask from X Men: Days of Future Past. Also, another <laughs> recent episode on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Five fun facts. Five fun facts, 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 five fun facts. You know, I know I love to spout these out. Do you guys know who originally was supposed to play Elf, but it took 10 years to get this project off the ground, so he had to pass? I feel like this could have been Tom Hanks. It is not Chris Farley. It is not Tom Hanks. Jim Carrey. Oh, he would have been better. Yeah, I yeah. Mm. How much did Will Ferrell turn down to do the sequel? Say twenty million. Kevin, twenty nine. Wow. Okay, it was close. Very close. Buddy's costume was inspired by the Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer show that we've all known to come and love. An actor in one of the worst films of all time has a cameo in this film, and that is Peter Billingsley, who played Ralphie in A Christmas Story, has a cameo in Elf. How fitting. Where is it? When's he in it? He's one of the elves, correct? Yeah, he's with the elves, yep. Before his big break on SNL, Will Ferrell worked for five weeks as an outdoor Santa at a Pasadena mall. Who was his elf? If you think, it's not, it's a very easy association. Molly uh, Shannon. No. Oh, shit. David Spade. Chris Kattan. Uh, Is David that Spade, real? Chris Kattan. That, yeah. That's close. That's, that's close. And still Chris, an elf. I was going to say, Chris Kattan is still playing an elf at that Christmas at the mall during Christmas time. <laughs> he needs the money. He does. And by the way, he hasn't aged well. That's uh, No, he's not. I and everybody a- tells me I look like him. Oh, shit. Really? I don't yeah. see that. I get the, I get the worst... Celebrity, you know who you look like? <laughs> who do you look? I, dude, you look like a when you do those mashups, man, you tie in with a lot of fucking uh, famous people. I'd like that's, but this, I, who, I, who's I, the most I, common? Uh, oh, you want to know who it is? What's his name from the league? Um, oh, Nick Jason Manzuka, Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll. Yeah, <laughs> I I've had Nick, people, Manzoukas. I've been on stage and had people yell out, You look like Nick Kroll, like just yeah. 
It, and that one drives me really fucking crazy because he is not a good looking guy. No, he looks like a praying mantis with Down syndrome. <laughs> I love the, by the way, the league is one of the best. People go, what's the best sitcom? But I've thought about it and I forgot about this. I fucking love the league until the last two or three seasons. The first three or four were fucking gangbusters and the last two or three were so bad. But I thought you looked like Manzukis when you did when the, during the during quarantine. Yeah, well, my hair, yeah. The beard, yeah, that the was, beard. Yeah. Yeah. Goots, who do you get famous celebrity lookalikes? Uh, when I was younger, I would get John Lennon, but I don't really see. And then, like. Did you wear Jordan Ferber's glasses? Is that why? You know, once I did have glasses like that in high school, people <laughs> said, oh, you look like John Lennon. And uh, I got this comedian. I got stopped at the stand. I got, I, I, they were asked if I was this comedian. It was like a far right podcast, but it's I, I forget the name, but he's actually big. He just doesn't play New York ever. Tony Rock. Like, what, what? Who is it? Tony Rock. No, no, no. He's like a big in the right wing circles, but he doesn't play the club. Well, who? Well, so who is that? It's not Nick DiPaolo. Is it Owen Benjamin? No, it's not Owen Benjamin. It's it's some new kid. It's like some kid I no. never heard before. All right. Oh, you I, know who? You know who I get a lot that we've had on this podcast. Oh, do tell. Uh, I was once. I was once at a club and a wait- one of the waitresses came up to me and asked me if I wanted anything. And then she's like, I'm so glad you're back. And I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah, it's been a while. And she's like, oh, it wasn't that long. And I was like, yeah. She's like, hope you don't piss off the audience like you did last time. And I was like, okay. And then she walks away. And then she came back and she said something else. And I was like, I'm definitely not who she thinks I am. John Moses. And she came back and she, she came. Nope. <laughs> she came, John Moses. She came back and she said one more thing. And I looked and I said, I'm not Gino Visconti. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> and why? She goes, did you what did you Oh you're did, not? Yeah. <laughs> did, why? Did you call her faggot six times when asking for a drink? Did you did you scream the N-word out in the middle of the restaurant? It's all those Nazi jokes that I do that really got her. Oh yeah. I've gotten a few times uh Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell when I was the, the hair was longer in the nineties. I even the the best ever. I had one girl drunk, and they of course say, "You look like Bradley Cooper." I go, "I look more like fucking Winnie Cooper." Stop it. <laughs> if she was good looking, I would have Winnie, had sex with her. Yeah, Winnie Cooper was great. Hey, relax. still great, still great. Yeah, she's held up. Oh, and she's smart as a whip too. That's very attractive. All right, boys, enough horse shit. Let's get to the ask a gutter. Ask a gutter. Gotta ask a gutter. So let's scroll down here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. A lot of these were for Robocop. Would you buy that for a dollar? Yeah, we all know. All right, let me go through this side then. Do, 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 do. Take a back. Okay. At Newark Knight, Brandon Oglesby. Man, he has great questions for Goots Disney, your Twitter handle, of course. G O O T S G O T Z Disney. What is the, the the breakfast pasta from Elf? Is that the craziest food movie combo ever, or is there a worse combo in film? I would say RoboCop when he takes the poop, when he takes <laughs> RoboCop's poop and starts eating it, and he goes no. tastes like baby food. No, it's genetically <laughs> it was it was enhanced genetically created paste. It wasn't poop. Oh, it's not as poop. It, it they made that specifically to look like something was taking a shit. Yeah, it was brown. It was coming out of an anus. It looked looked like soft serve yogurt and gravy. Goose, we just did this. Like we taped that episode last night's RoboCop. I know that. Well, that's why because you mentioned RoboCop and then the food. What's it grosser? I thought they. I thought like, why would they include a scene where a guy is eating RoboCop's poop? And I recently saw the movie too, and I still thought it was poop. I didn't know it was. uh, 
Not no, it's, it's paste. By the way, the video no, game in the arcade in the 80s was dope as shit. The only game I've ever played where baby food regenerates your health. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, I remember that. That's Red Warrior I needs food badly. <laughs> uh, at Bango2331, if you were Buddy's dad, how soon after meeting him would you try to drown him? Uh, 30 seconds in. Thirty. I would literally get a restraining order against this fucking guy. Uh, oh, Delvin Cox. Well, I think this is the home run question of them all. And Kevin Israel being the uh, the most, I think, the authority on uh, on Christmas movies, this, uh, as well as being the head Jew in charge here on this podcast. What is the definitive <laughs> Christmas movie? I would have to say definitive. Hmm. That's a good that's a good one, because a lot of ones that people say I don't think are very good. A lot of my favorite Christmas movies, people are like this is not a Christmas movie. For me, the definitive Christmas movie is Gremlins. But I know a lot of people don't like to include that. Kevin Israel has very, very hard and fast rules about Christmas films, (laughs) and he'll be more than happy to tell you about them. But like Gremlins shot on the same lot as Back to the Future, Goots. Did you know that? Yes. Yes, they just added snow. Um, uh, Just a pure Christmas movie, like a pure one. I I, I guess like the... uh, a Christmas Carol? I don't, I don't know. Like, I watched Which a lot one? of the ones. <laughs> I, you know what? I'll say this with John Hughes. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Can't argue with that. That's Israel, what, what's yours, by the way? George, I forgot. George C. Scott's Christmas Carol. That's what I, I, was, I thought. I was going to say Mickey Mouse's Christmas Carol. <laughs> I mean, it's enjoyable. George C. Scott one's pretty good. I like That's, that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with those. I, I agree. Uh, let's see. Oh, next question is from uh, at Eric4953. Who is better than Artie Lang as Santa? <laughs> oh, Billy Bob Thornton, Bad <laughs> I was uh, not a fan of Bad Santa. I saw it once and was not impressed just because he I'm not a fan, him. but I think you did a better job. I, I forgot that was Artie Lang until, until the, the hair came off and everything. Oh, yeah. It looks a little different now. <laughs> yeah. How many Santas do you know with deviated septums? That's my question to you two. <laughs> How many, how many Santa snort coke between each kid? I mean, I'm a lot. I'm that I'm sure a lot too. Uh, mall yeah. Santas, but the deviated septum part is one. And a thrice re, a thrice plus rehabber. I don't. I'm sure there are a lot of mall Santas with at least a one or two stint under their belt. But I think yeah. that's for the job requirement. You got to be in rehab at least once. And you have to take the bus to the mall, which you're being Santa. You can't drive there because that means you don't no. have a DWI, which means you're a liar. <laughs> All right, Kevin Israel, I'm dying to hear this argument because, man, everyone loves the shit out of this film. So let's have Ray Goots come on and do what he's going to do best, and that is Gut. Gut. The, the Sacred. Sacred. Cow. <laughs> Two okay, out of the four words, we so were spot I- on. <laughs> So I had seen this movie a few times with my mom and uh, I hated it. I just hated it back then. And I had to watch since she passed. But the first thing I did, you know, they tell you when your mom passes away to start selling their get rid of her stuff. And the first thing I sold, the very first thing I got rid of was this fucking movie. I couldn't wait to get it out of my house. I was so excited. <laughs> I mean, it's sad when your mom passes away, but like what a cleansing moment it was to just uh, give elf to the, uh, the uh, sell it on eBay. Um, I'll tell you the biggest problem in the movie is Will Ferrell. That's the number one biggest problem in the movie. He's annoying. He's not funny. He's grating. And he's so annoying that it makes every scene unbelievable. Like I cannot 
believe that this guy, James Caan, would allow him into his house. I couldn't believe that Zoe Duchanel would like fall in love with him. I couldn't believe Santa would keep this guy around. Like I feel like Santa would just be like, go get eaten by the bobble snowman. You're annoying. It's just so over the top and grating. It's not a funny performance. I felt like he, because this movie was for kids, he was trying really hard to like be to like be more grating and annoying rather than be the typical Will Ferrell because he couldn't be dirty. And it just is really bad. It's really bad and awkward. My other problem with the movie is James Caan. Half the movie, he looks like he's in a coma. He looks like he doesn't know where he is. And he's really not that big of a dick. When, when I forgot I forgot what he did for a living. So when the movie, when I was rewatching the movie today, and they go, he's on the naughty list. And they cut to him. I thought he like might have run a Wall Street, uh, like a Wall Street firm or something. He writes children's books and he kind of likes his kid and he likes his wife. He's not a, he's not that big of an asshole. So when he has this transformation and it, the transformation where, where he decides he loves Buddy is so not earned. He's sitting there having a meeting with this guy. His entire company's on the line. His kid just bursts in because apparently there's no security in this building, by the way. You can just burst <laughs> in whenever you want. His little kid bursts in, goes, Buddy's in trouble. And he just flips. He just suddenly is like, I love Buddy. And he goes and he finds him. But I just never, like, this guy wasn't an asshole. He was nice enough to bring him to the house. He was nice enough to get a DNA. You know how expensive an immediate DNA? I don't, a DNA That's not show. even a thing. No. What? That's not even like a three, thing. It takes like three <laughs> yeah, weeks at least. Yeah, it's like thousands. And for, I would have got a second opinion. I wouldn't have. And he brings the guy into his house. He lets the guy, like, ruin all his food. I just didn't buy that this guy was an asshole. I really did. And he does. He doesn't look like he wants to be there, James Bond, at the time. The third problem I have with the movie is Zoe Duchanel, the love story. You know, I'm so sick of all these Hollywood movies. I think this is why we have so many men nowadays who don't know how to deal with women. Uh, <laughs> the main character will just do something so creepy and unforgivable. And the main girl just has to be like, whatever. Like the first time they really meet, she's in the shower and he's sitting outside just singing. I dare any man, any man, <laughs> like a girl at your job, go. First of all, I'm surprised Gibbles has like uh, employee showers. I never knew they had that. But because my mom worked there very briefly as a, as a teenager, go sit by your coworker while she's showering and see how far they get you in the, getting a date, okay? See how far they get you. Because she just, like, does even report him to human resources. Basically, she's like, well, why were you there? I was taking a shower. Not, yeah, he's jerking off to you. That's why he was there. I mean, it was just so fucking terrible. My other problem, my, my main problem, the biggest problem I have with this movie uh, is the ending. Uh, the whole ending just kind of falls apart for me. You know, the movie's not very good. Will Smith's, Will Smith, sorry. Will Ferrell's annoying. <laughs> Well, Will Smith's annoying too. He actually he probably even better himself. The uh, James Caan is is very bad. It's 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 kind of like a no, but it's it kind of makes sense. It kind of like there's not a lot of plot holes more or less in this story. And then the ending, it just like I I had to rewind it a few times. I can't follow it. First of all, he's on the Greensboro Bridge, and he just happens to see Santa. No one Santa's been hiding for thousands of years. But uh, Buddy can just see him at like eight o'clock at night, uh, you know, on the Queensboro Bridge. You just see Santa. He runs to Central Park. That's at least an hour. Takes an, he runs there in five minutes. Um, and, then, and then the dad comes 
and we need more Christmas spirit and, and Buddy trying to get the Christmas spirit. Then all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, then they, these were the most, what the hell is going on? The Central Park Rangers. Do we have Rangers in Central Park? I've never seen a Ranger in Central Park. I don't need, I, well, I'm, I don't frequent that often, but I haven't seen any when I was going through there. So probably yeah. not. Suddenly there's this gang of like horsemen in Central Park that were waiting for Santa. And I'm like, are they supernatural? Are these just like angry cops? Like, the, you know, like the guy, I don't know. I forget the cops. Name. Were, were there, <laughs> were there four horsemen? Woo. Were there four horsemen? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. Whoa. I think they were the same guys that were hunting the hobbits. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like out of, they're just out of nowhere. And then, like, they're chasing him. And then, meanwhile, Zoe Duchanel just knows he's in trouble. By, but apparently, everyone watches New York One on Christmas Eve, too. I, I don't know if you know this. but By the way, everyone, every fucking New York-based film, the goddamn news of choice is New York one Pat fucking uh what's his face I got black on his last name the uh the 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 white guy and uh uh Roma what's her fucking last name whatever her first name is they are in every single New York no one goes to channel seven or channel four <laughs> or Fox it's yeah. always channel one because I guess they know they can get them on the fucking super cheap well uh, even Spider-Man. I just saw a movie I just saw a movie with Pat battle in it from NBC four Oh really? I can't, rem- oh, I can't really? remember what oh, wow. I can't remember what movie it was, but it was something yeah, is we just it no saw way in the home? theater. They're watching. They're watching uh, New York One. Yeah, all is that. No all the. It's it, it, it's good. It, it, don't go to Channel Seven. We see smoking hot Liz Cho or Sade Benoit or whatever. <laughs> but no, you get fucking Pat. What's his? I'm blank on his last name. I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, rant over. So so the, the little kid is like reading the names on the TV. It's just really like a mess of an ending. It almost feels like they had no way. They didn't know, really know how to end it. And they just added an action scene for the sake of having an action scene and then a musical number. It is just a horrible ending. And every time I watched my mom, I, I completely lost interest. I just and this is the same thing. I had to rewind it a few times because it was so boring and hard to follow. And then my fifth problem with the movie is the references to Rufus Reynolds' Reindeer. When they have like the little Adam, the little claymation characters talking to him in North Pole, because all it does is make you want to watch Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> I don't want to watch this movie anymore. It just reminds me. I just want to see a better movie, but it's just an annoying movie, and it, it it's just an annoying, not funny, boring movie. It's just it, I just think I don't know. It, I I hate it. I don't I don't like it. It's not good. Is that it? Well, you said five points, right? No, at least five points. But if you got more, oh. that, I said at least five. If you have more, great. If not. Oh, Zoe Dushin, I don't think she was a great singer. I think her singing kind of stunk. She also is like sleepwalking through through her performance. The one scene I did like, I'll tell you the one thing I did. I'm not, are we supposed to talk about what we like? or? Sure, you can. The one scene I did like was the scene with Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Because I thought he was the only one who actually had a, a, a real reaction to this guy. Whereas I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy because I feel like most of New York would want to beat the shit out of this guy. You know, Buddy the Elf. Yeah, he skated through pretty fancy free and footloose without any kind of repercussions. I mean, we saw a Borat where he's on the subway wanting to kiss a guy and a guy almost punched him in the fucking face. <laughs> yeah, and like so many of so many of the jokes, just him being grating and annoying, um, pouring like the, the maple syrup on everyone's food. Uh, just uh, grabbing the phone when it's not endearing. Like that's the thing. I think we're supposed to find him endearing, and it's just like I just want to punch him. 
the entire movie. I just want to punch him. It's not a character that I want to follow. It's not a character that I, I like. Even like the, the jokes where he's like big and he's on top of the elves. And that's yeah, the elves. Like, you know, this was the other problem with the movie. Uh, Buddy is all hyper and happy to be there. And when they had the scenes in the North Pole, everyone seemed very subdued. Like, <laughs> they didn't seem to act like Buddy. They seemed to act like regular people at work. Which is what made this even weirder. So, like, does Buddy have a learning disability or something? <laughs> Goots, I don't think they have charter schools or Ivy League in the North Pole. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I'm just thinking to myself, like, why is Buddy acting like this? Because it would be one thing if all everyone in the North Pole was acting like that. But they're all kind of watching this guy. Like, what's wrong with you? So, I don't, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I, I really, I really didn't like this movie. And I'm rewatching it today. Uh, I, and the, I just really don't like the ending. The ending seems very, the ending just seems so forced. And it's just a mess. And the Central Park Rangers, I just like that. Like they're hunting me because I put them on the north. I just the Central Park Rangers just really aggravate me. Like it comes out of nowhere. It literally just comes out of nowhere. This is how the movie should have ended. Buddies on the Queensboro Bridge. His dad calls him on his cell phone. He's like, I just want you to know, I hope you kill yourself. And then he jumps off the bridge and drowns. That's how the movie should have ended. And then the Green Goblin comes by in his glider and throws pumpkin bombs on him at the top of the bridge. <laughs> yes. He throws pumpkin bombs on his corpse. That would have been a hell of an ending. Um, yeah, and it's odd that they pick Gimbals of all stores because that's what was on its last legs even back no, then. No, the Gimbals, Gimbals was, was closed long, for years. Long it was because they didn't have to get, you don't have to buy the rights to it. I guess, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right, yeah. But um, it was just, and you know, that's the other thing too. I kind of like the plot of the store and the guy struggling to keep the Christmas uh, department afloat and worried about corporate. And they just abandoned that storyline. They just abandoned that, and it just—it's a very disjointed film. Give me a number one to ten. Oh, I would say a three because of Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Shouldn't it be a three and a half? Oh, see. Hey, oh, both, yeah. wow. both going yeah. on the same route. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so cute. You could take him down to Gimbal's gift wrap store and put him in a shoebox and wrap him up and hand him off as a present, right? You, you know, I could. Yeah, I, I, I could. Here's the other thing, too. I love that one. The other thing, the other problem I have in the movie is they find his notebook. It was just odd that Andy Richter was in the movie, too. Wasn't that just kind of like, where, where yeah. did he come from? <laughs> Out of left they field. Find, they find his book. And they're just going to steal his ideas for the children's book. And I'm just like, well, can he just sue you for that? Like, how are you just going to, like, steal this guy's ideas from his notebook? I mean, isn't that how Amy Schumer got her uh, her boost? That's true, yes. But Amy Schumer didn't have a Allegedly. With a midget. <laughs> Amy Schumer didn't have a meeting with a midget. And then when the midget attacked an elf, stole his book right in front of like all her, all her, all her other writers. I, guess I don't know. Is, is she friends with Mario Cantone? I don't know. Or Jeffrey Gurian. <laughs> I don't think a... she knows Mario Cantone. I, yeah. Mario Cantone. I, I used to know him. He didn't hang around her. No, this is, this is too inside baseball for everybody else outside of comedy. I know. Notes. The tree house on fire may, must have made people think that the Keebler elf was in the Jewish lightning. <laughs> How does okay. Santa? Thank you. How does Santa not notice uh, an empty knapsack? I can feel it twenty minutes away when I have to poop, but he can't feel that that sack is empty. I'm oh, sorry. There's a kid. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. He knows there's a kid in the empty knapsack. 
There should be an empty knapsack, but there's a kid in there. How do you miss that? That's okay. Cotton-headed ninny moggins is something that Yosemite Sam would say, methinks. I'd be more impressed if Bob Newhart had Daryl, Daryl. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Daryl as his elves. <laughs> they should have been in the movie. That mm-hmm. would have been an improvement. This is rewriting with Goots, Israel, and Goatee. Can I tell you, if he will, if the end of the movie is Bob Newhart waking up in bed next to Suzanne Plachette, it's like, I had another crazy dream. <laughs> well, if you're under the age of 40, Google that reference. It's a good one. <laughs> I absolutely loved hitting all the buttons on an elevator as a kid. As an adult, I will murder the fuck out of you where you stand if you do that shit. Especially if there's more than three floors. I will choke you. I will choke slam you like Kane did during his raw heydays. I was in an elevator this weekend and somebody had hit half the row of buttons. Oh, you got, got on it? Out, uh, and I got on and the door closed. And then the guy behind me was just like, motherfucker and we sat for every other fucking floor <laughs> how many floors did you have to do this for it was all it was i i want to say we stopped at i think eight or nine floors it was like a 22 story building yeah. i live in a four story building and i'm on the fourth floor and i get mad as fuck when someone gets <laughs> on the third floor especially the second floor take the goddamn stairs you lazy sacks of shit and we were like we, we were like do we get off and, we, and then he was like Nah, fuck it. We got to see this through. And I was like, I'm with you. <laughs> you should have turned and go, before we get started, does anybody want to get off? Yeah, does anybody want to get off? <laughs> Turn your own line against you. Buddy, get, buddy getting hit by a card made me fucking laugh my balls off out loud. That really was a perfect uh, Pratt fall. Wink, quote unquote, I guess. I don't know. Zoe Deschanel looks like Katy Perry, but smaller boobs and less of a blowhard. I do not well, find. Oh, go ahead, Goots. What's up? I thought you were about to say uh, a less impressive of a blowjob. I was like, oh, boy. I mean, if I'm a listen, I'm sure Orlando Bloom can do the taste test, the old Pepsi challenge any day of the week and compare those, yeah, those there notes. You go. Not, a, not, not a bad pot to go through. I didn't know. I never got the love for Zoe Deschanel. She's fine. No, no, me the nerds, The nerds love her. Love her. Oh, I she did that show. She did that with the new girl and everybody. But she just... already she had the love before because when 500 Days of Summer came out, a lot of guys were into her and. She's like the quintessential hipster girl. I think. She's yeah, she's fake. like that geek. She, she just always sounds like she's about to fall asleep. <laughs> watch the bridge. Watch Bridge to Terabithia, and you will fall asleep. I did, and she's oh in that. God, I read the book. I was like, I was curious to go. Ah, by the way, you know who the dad in that film is? The goddamn T one thousand. I was like, this is this is this is a weird metaverse we're in right now. Jesus, that's crazy. 
he was also in striptease and uh, beaten up by Tony Soprano in the later seasons of Sopranos. Yes. And he's in a uh, peacemaker now. Oh, I, I bailed on peacemaker. I was not digging. That. I've, I've actually met him. He's a nice guy. Oh, is he? Oh, call to John. <laughs> uh, since when does throwing snowballs make the same sound effect as Spider-Man shooting webs? <laughs> That was the other thing. Um, all of a sudden, he, he this guy this guy is like awkward as as hell. All of a sudden, he's superhuman when uh, he gets snowballs. I have an answer. How about all that goddamn sugar he sucks down? And I can't <laughs> wait to see. I can't wait to see Elf Two where he gets his elf long ass elf shoes amputated due to the uh, the sugar blood. Yeah. As I've said many a times in this podcast, a shopping montage always always bumps up my score at least half a point whenever that film has whoop there it is in there another <laughs> half point so we're already at plus one fellas dig in goots you said it the third act of this film goes off the fucking rails what is yeah. going on this if you said uh, this is gonna be a, a reference for about 30 people i don't give a shit watch the first three-fourths of it it's hilarious freddie got fingered the last act of freddie got fingered is fucking some Hunter S. Thompson bullshit decided to jump in and finish the script out. Same thing with this. What is going on with that? Thir- I hated the third act. I hated it. Hated it. Yeah, it, it just, it doesn't make, it doesn't connect with the rest of the no, film. Not really no, not cohesive. Not cohesive. No, it's not. And that's what makes them, I think that's what takes me over the top into unwatchable. Every time I see Ed Asner and Kevin Israel, I think of our friend Pammy Schuler getting her ass grabbed by Ed Asner at her speaking engagement. Ed Asner sexually harassed our friend, grabbed her ass, and uh, before he died, so it's not slander because was it his last move? Was it his last um, his last uh, action? action? Yeah. that and saying how nine eleven was a conspiracy theory. Oh wow, he did. Okay. He's one of those guys. Uh, it would have been hilarious if Santa's sleigh crashed through that part of Central Park and the rambles where gay dudes exchange Christmas presents. Wink, wink. <laughs> I don't have many notes on this because, Gooch, you took a lot of them, and it's it's the same argument that everybody has, but the first two-thirds are enjoyable for me. It is fine. This film is fine. I'll shut that shit off. I had to watch again. I watch it all the way through for the podcast. I always do. Mm-hmm. But I would turn that shit off in that third act. I am out of there. I have no desire to hang around for this shenanigans. It made me laugh a good amount. That's the key. The, the comedy needs to make me laugh. Story, the story has to be threadbare, just a nice little framework. It's there. Yes, you nitpick. And I, and I find, I agree with all those points. Does it detract from me? No, but that third act is a fuck around to deal with. I think that the third act was not completely supernatural and like Buddy and the dad and the girlfriend all had like a, there was a different way that he reconciled with his dad. Right. I think it would have been better. I think once you bring in Santa and these things, cause you're right in the second half and the middle half of the movie twice, I laughed out loud and I was like, Oh shit, am I going to wind up liking this movie? <laughs> and then this episode, this episode's going to be horrible. Like, Actually, I liked it. Okay. Episode over. You ready, uh, you ready for this? You ready for this? Someone, act, someone like, did yeah. that. Someone did that on this podcast. <laughs> someone picked the film. Really? They, chose, they chose Parasite. You know, it was Bobby Slayton. Chose Parasite and goes, fuck that film. You watch it again. It was, Man, that was good. I, t- I changed my mind. Oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch. He didn't see the whole movie the first time. He was just <laughs> angry that there was an Asian guy sitting next to him who was annoying. <laughs> oh, and, and subtitles too, he said. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you gotta watch Asian people. Get me out of here. This is one of the three, uh, one of the three Will Ferrell films that I can tolerate. Anchorman being the obviously the first, 
and yeah. the other and the other guys being the the uh, the final one. You don't like Step Brothers? That's my no. I fucking hate. We did this on this podcast. I hate it. Oh. I hate it. The Israel. Did you like Step Brothers? I there there were part. I really liked the his the the brother and the sister in law relationship. Oh, that, was, that, that was that was it. That was that was that was the best part by far. I she stole that was the his, show. I thought that yeah, she's. Well, I mean, and now she's finally getting her comeuppance, but she's. That that was my favorite part of the movie, and I'll watch just for those scenes. Yeah, I I, I even said that she. I said that's the best when when the tertiary character is the best part of that film. This is a problem, and the Catalina wine mixer can suck my fucking German American dick. Um, (laughs) So the three, yeah, those are the three films. It was nice seeing this. I haven't seen this in twenty years, probably close to there about maybe bits and pieces on TV, but I just clicked right through. It was nice seeing it. I don't foresee myself watching this again anytime soon. Maybe would, the, would you show it to your daughter? I was just going to say exactly my exact point. Yes, I'll show it to her, and I think she'll like it. I'll sit through it. But again, I'm, am I going to watch this on my own voluntarily by myself? No, I am not. Final score, five and a half out of ten. It's fine. Does not pass the remote test for me. And now our official ruler of Christmas films, Kevin Israel. Kevin Israel. Hammering <laughs> <laughs> that Israel part home. <laughs> so you guys, you guys really took the steam out of all of my points. Um, first of all, to Goot's point masterfully said, Will Farrell is painful in this movie. And I'm curious now, knowing that Jim Carrey was supposed to be in it, what that would have been like. Because and, wait, <laughs> I, 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 I made one more point. I wrote this, I forgot to say this. I think Will Ferrell's goal this entire film was to get to James Caan to break up on camera, and he did once. That did not make that five-month fact. But I think this was his goal the entire time, just to get in the crack and go, all right, I'm cool. That's it. We're done. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and, and, and again, he, I, I was going to make the exact same point, Ray, that why does he behave like – why does Buddy behave like that? Because none of the other elves do. There's, yeah. It's not like they're all these hyper ADD maniacs. He's just, and he's a human. So like, where did, the, where did this behavior come from? Why is he like a permanent child? He's a grown man. There's nothing to suggest he was treated like a child his entire life. They have yeah. jobs. They have duties up in, in North Pole. I mean, I could see that he's into Christmas, but he's, he's like a four-year-old. And why, why, why is yeah, he- And if they mentioned that, like he had a learning disability, well, that probably also people would have been like, what's going on. But that's kind of <laughs> the only explanation I have that the guy has like a disability, but then why would they send him on his own to New York right. city? Right. You know, and it also, and they that, hated and, him. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The whole, yeah. The, I mean, the whole premise of how he got there and that Santa was just like, all right, we'll keep him and bring him up. No, he would have taken him to an orphanage. He wouldn't have, they wouldn't have kept the baby. Like that's, that's insane. My other my other point, jumping way forward. And you guys made this point. I was sure that you literally hit every point I wanted to make. (laughs) This movie does what so many other Christmas movies do is that they say Santa Claus is such a secret. And then everybody sees Santa Claus. And it's like, where where is the men in black bureau that's responsible for going around every time somebody sees Santa and has to like mind mind flash them so they all forget? Because that, that's the movie I want. These guys that have to go in after Santa fucks up because he's a fat so in a sled and they have to keep the secret going. But the entire all of New York and all of New York one saw Santa. So in that world, the, the, the jig is up every the North Pole is going to be Disney World now because everybody's going to be going up there to see it. Everybody knows Santa's out there. 
And so that that kind of bothered me. But as far as as far as a Christmas movie goes, this movie, this movie isn't a great movie. This movie isn't a great comedy, but this it's a serviceable Christmas movie. It hits all the notes that a and beats that a Christmas movie has to have, has to hit. It, you know, it's 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 got a lot of it, a lot of what you need for a Christmas movie in there. Is it one of the great Christmas movies? No. Is it a Christmas movie when it's around Christmas time? If it's on, I'll watch a little bit of it. Probably. I totally agree. The third act makes no sense. The third act wouldn't be bad if there were other two acts of that movie somehow led up to what happens in that act. Yeah, the you old- don't see. I'm sorry, you don't see Santa from when he says, you know, raise pizza, right? So suddenly he's crashing in the middle, right? Of- or at least, and also when he was, and I don't think when when Santa is giving Buddy the we are going to the real world speech or like preparing him. He at no point even says like, Oh, and those central park Rangers watch out for them. Like at least if there was some <laughs> tease in the beginning. So then at the end, when you see them, you're like, Oh yeah, those guys, but they do just come out of fucking, they literally come out of Mordor. And it's like this whole, it's like this whole separate thing that happens. Like this, it's a whole different movie, which I, I don't mind the third act. If there wasn't the first two acts. But because the, because the, it's all one movie, it does feel very stilted and awkward. I like the idea of everybody standing around for a Christmas movie, mind you, that everyone's standing around singing suddenly gives Santa sled the ability to lift up. And there's that whole, you know, it's that Ghostbusters 2 effect um, where everybody's yeah, that, singing. It, it worked here. It did not work in Ghostbusters 2. No, it did, it did not. It did not <laughs> at all. But so that that's all that's all fine. But. Buddy is Buddy, and you both were right. And Ray, you really hit the nail on that. Buddy's so fucking annoying that it's hard to conceptualize anybody dealing with him to get to the points that happen in this movie. The girl, would, you're right. There, there's first of all, there's no chemistry between those two. I don't believe there's. It doesn't even make sense. It's almost like that. It's almost like those. I think there was an awkward movie where like a, a mentally challenged person falls in love with a normally capable person, and there was like some. Something like about like, is she taking advantage of him or is he taking advantage of her? I can't remember. But it almost feels like that. Like she's a normal person taking advantage of this dullard from North Pole. And, like because she wants Santa's money or something. I, I, it, it doesn't. It, and, it, and, and, you're, and the irony that they're singing a rapey song while he's in the bathroom stalking her. <laughs> Just it, for some reason, this time it really struck home that they were singing uh, Baby, It's Cold Outside. The... This the stuff in the store I liked. I really liked the manager. I thought he was he's funny and I blanking on his name. Faison um, Love. Yeah, I think I, I always oh, yeah. I, I always like him. I and I, I do like how some of the people responded to Buddy. I thought the jokes that, that did land were typically people dealing with Buddy and being frustrated with Buddy. Buddy's Buddy as a as a comical character as a, you know, a goofy cartoon. Cause that's what, the, in the end, that's what this was. This is supposed to be what happens if one of those characters from the claymation Rudolph was in the real world, how would we deal with that? But the problem was he didn't feel like that. He felt like an idiot who was just forced upon all these poor hapless people. And we had to deal with them. I could go on, but you've made all of my <laughs> points. Now I'm just, and now I'm just reiterating. All you know of what I want to say? And I've noticed this um, real quick. I want to go back to Zoe Duchanel. And I noticed this with 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink. I, I, I'm so tired of these movies where the male main character puts no effort or d- does something really weird and creepy and he just gets the girl. Because Buddy puts in no effort. And not only does he get her, they get married and have a kid. 
Like, it's just, and I think it's wild to me. Pretty Pink is the same thing. Andrew McCarthy kind of just shows up and she's following him around the rest of the movie. And the same thing with 16 Candles. That guy just shows up and Molly Ringwald right. wants to marry him. And, and by the way, if her character was set up to like love Christmas, like she was all in on Christmas, where even as a kid, like there was some backstory where she used to be, but she lost the Christmas spirit. And now Buddy brings it back. I think it would sort of make sense, like why she is that's that happens. But yeah. there's literally like she seems like kind of like a like a like a dark emo kind of chick who like down on everything. And then suddenly this idiot comes along and she's like, oh, fuck him. <laughs> why? Like, why? <laughs> where, did, like, where did that? <laughs> like she's in a cutting and wants to see like a Herbie, yeah. the, de- Herbie the dentist <laughs> porno. Yeah. Oh, he gets me wet. All right, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Like, I, I, have I, re- do- I have a retarded guy fetish. This is perfect. I, I partially disagree with Goots about Khan. I, I, I did like him in this. I feel like he does exhausted, just like annoyed and exhausted pretty well. My problem is that he feels like Khan is a tough guy. He's a, he, he can't, you could can put him in a suit and put him in an office, but he still feels like he's about to beat the shit out of somebody. So I don't know that he was the perfect casting for this part to be like a, like a corporate, like, you know, like all worried about the business because it feels like he's just going to beat the shit out of people. Like Khan doesn't have that buttoned up sense to him. Khan, Khan acted like Sonny after he got shot. They resurrected him as a zombie. That's how <laughs> he acted. I think Michael Douglas would have been better, actually. He yeah, uh, yeah. You know what? You're right. Michael Douglas would have Michael Douglas would have would have been a good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, look, you guys, you guys hit all the points. I agree with I agree, agree with KG, though. Um, I was going to give this a five and a half. But I'm gonna pull a pull a KG move because Goots made such great points, yes. and I totally agree with him about the about the the why is Buddy an idiot when none of the elves like the elves even seemed cool like they were like hey can you go can you handle this moron's load workload because he can't do it and they're like I was like all right like they seem like normal people so anyway I, I was gonna give it a five and a half I give it a five 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 and a half and Goots would you say three. Three. Three for, wow. uh, yes. Wowie. I also had phase on love to that three. Like he, he was good, actually. I liked Artie Lang as Santa for the brief moment. And Artie, yeah, Artie was great. Yeah. Okay, he's he's also part of the three. So three for three. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're so magnanimous. Critics, five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews by critics. Classic family Christmas fodder. The gorgeous candy floss color schemes in New York in all its resplendent wintry beauty helps make the film pass effortlessly too. Someone want to get their prose boner out there. Did, did, what was it he mentioned? Did he mention the designer, the film designer, the set designer or something? Uh, the gorgeous candy floss color schemes in New York. Candy all- floss, which did she work on the movie, I guess? <laughs> no, no, candy floss is an adjective. Oh, candy floss! I thought you said candy floss color schemes. Um, like this guy wanted to bang the set designer. I was gonna say she's a, she's in one of those pornos as a candy striper. That's her porn name. Yeah. Okay. Next, I thought you said candy floss. Yeah. <laughs> Next one: simplicity, goodness, sugar coated, nostalgic, maybe a little hokey at times, endearing, enchanting. Go celebrate Christmas a little early with Elf, a new Christmas classic for the 21st century. Is this a log line or a review? For Christ's sakes. I feel like that guy got paid. 
Yeah, it's that, very like quotable. Yeah. That was that was that was Pete and marketing working uh, 48 hour weekends here. Raise a glass of cheer to Farrell and Favreau. They may not have created a full scale holiday classic here, but they've certainly given us a fresh, sparkly new bauble to hang on our perennial tree. No one these says bauble. No one says bauble. We're perennial. Yeah. I'm or, starting to think these critics write this stuff so they can get quoted on posts. Oh, someone's picked up on why we shit on these people, Kevin Israel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a subtle. It's it's subtlety, but a subtle we, make a, we got a point across. Will Ferrell has the ability to turn those wide eyes and that big body into a potent comic weapon. So Elf gets a good number of laughs from his complete innocent abandonment to his role as a lummox size elf. Jesus. <laughs> Again, that guy or girl sat back from the computer, pushed the keyboard in, cracked their fingers outward and go, ah, nailed it. <laughs> Critics, one star reviews. You know you make me want Critics, what's our reviews? Critics, what's our reviews? And critics, what's our reviews? Critics, what's our reviews? The cast rings out out of David David Berenbaum's script as if it were a damp washcloth, but even they have trouble selling the frenetic button pushing as a Christmas spirit. Now oh, these are some winners. <laughs> I hope they get a lump of coal in their stockings and asshole. These all that? sound like they were written at gunpoint by the, by the film's publicist or something. <laughs> this was an adjunct professor trying to get something published. A small-minded, often unfunny Christmas movie made out of spiteful consideration for audiences' money-spending powers. Sugary, dross-covered crap. Okay. When was the last time anyone of us, anyone ever used the word dross-covered or dross in general, period? I I'm, I'm a little curious. How did this guy think this movie? I didn't think this movie was about commercialism. I just thought it was about you know embracing your retarded uh, step stepchildren. Or something. I think this was about this guy going boo capitalism. Isn't that what movies yeah, are made every for? Every time you? you show a store, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anytime a movie shows a store, there's some critic is like capitalism. Mm. Well, that, yes, yes, and and I think a lot of these dickhead dildo critics alliteration. I love it. Also, want to shit on movies that make a lot of money and go, eh, it's not what the art is for. Yeah, that's what the business is making money, dickhead. And if people didn't make movies, you'd be reviewing community theater, you fucking hack. Yeah, Next. get it. Jericho. Next one. Uh, this is this is uh this is pretty right to the point. The result is a turkey. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good review. Would it be Christmas ham? Oh, that's Easter ham. I'm sorry. Shouldn't I know that? No, I'm atheist. If you're one of those fussy, people love Christmas ham. Yeah, Christmas ham's a thing. Yeah, I think I've had that. Yeah, people love Christmas ham. Yeah, too. I thought so. If you're one of those fussy film goers who demands that a movie engage somewhat higher body parts, the heart, say, and the brain. You'll find only intermittent comfort and joy in this high concept, low wattage comedy. It only took eight reviews to get a Christmas uh, song lyric in there, but here we are, gents. Here we are. Yuck. <laughs> Amazon five star reviews. Amazon five star review the booze. It's time for Amazon five star reviews. Five star reviews. 
Elf is absolutely one of our favorite Christmas movies and definitely our favorite Will Ferrell movie. The last few years at Christmas time, we have an Elf viewing party, dinner, and a movie. We serve pasta with a few different types of sauce, a marinara sauce with meat, a hot marinara sauce with veggies only, an Alfredo sauce, a pesto sauce, and most importantly, a bottle of syrup there with the rest of the sauces. We hang elf posters around the house and have the movie going on in a couple of rooms since we don't have one big room big enough for all of our guests. It's a lot of fun. That, that sounds like worst. torture. I think, go ahead. Worst. I think after reading this, Kevin Israel is going to lean more toward his Jewish side during the holiday season. <laughs> and I don't blame you. Can you imagine him. being invited to that party or your wife telling you we have to go to this party? Can you imagine that? I would have claimed appendicitis and fucking left. <laughs> I love the innocent humor of a grown man acting like a child. I love the fact that he still finds somebody that he's able, he's able to fall in love with. And I love the fact that they use actual small people for the elves. We need to give midgets more work. I don't seem like I'm joking, but I'm actually not joking. I love tiny people. They're adorable. I want to see them everywhere. I want to see them on giant step stools in front of the cash register everywhere or just walking down the street or directing traffic. I just I absolutely love to see that more often. I think I see a 10,000 midget gangbang for the person who wrote this in the near future. Is that for real? For real. That was for real. Oh, here's an interesting fact, Kevin, that I want I wanted to bring up. Uh, in the musical, in the musical, the, the stage musical, they take out the scene with Peter Dinklage. Oh. Instead, it's like, I think Buddy like ruins a book or something. He ruins like a, a copy of a book or something, and that's why he gets thrown out. Okay. I thought you said they took the part out where he's sitting in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they should probably take that. Yeah. But yeah. I think they probably like, that's too anti-midget. We got to take that out. So I love midgets too. I like to tussle their hair in Vegas for good luck. I taped it off the TV and my little one did not like waiting for commercials to pass. Even when I fast forward, I thought I had ADD guys. Holy shit. You can't wait 10 to 15 seconds to scroll three minutes. Uh, he's now two years old and still loves this movie. My husband accidentally deleted it from our DVR, so I purchased it with the bonus features. I don't think it's worth the extra bonus features, parentheses, unless you love Will Ferrell that much. And I thought, and I should have bought the cheaper one. We watch this movie every Christmas from zero to 103 years old. All members of our family laugh and tear up together. It's even more fun for all when you make it an occasion and props and a syrup and spaghetti eating competition during quote unquote intermission. We like celebrating Christmas joyfully. And this movie is certainly merry making. So wait, she watches this movie every Christmas. So she doesn't think it's worth the $10. That's right. uh, pretty much an asshole. Right. Yeah, so like you know, you, if you watch this movie every year, it, I think it was worth the ten to twenty bucks you, you pay it on the <laughs> I'm pretty sure they also have one of those little signs that hang above their stove that says "Bless this mess." Yes. <laughs> Amazon one star reviews. 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 This is all in caps. That's why I'm going to shout. I wish I would have known that this does not have any subtitle options whatsoever before I bought this. I like to watch movies while I work out and I need subtitles because it is hard to hear the film while I am working out. Also, certain family members of mine are hard of hearing, so they need... I wonder why he's yelling in his fucking review, so they need subtitles. <laughs> 
So they need subtitles. Hold on, I'm not done. I'm not done. Or they cannot understand what is being said. I'm normally, I'm surprised. Normally, New Line Cinema puts subtitles. He puts subtitles instead of subtitles on the movies they release. But apparently, they decided not to put it on the Elf Infinity Film Infinity Film Edition. So, needless to say, too late. I am disheartened with this edition of Elf. Can I? I would like to correct him because I had that version on DVD. They did have subtitles, so he can go fuck himself. <laughs> um, also, who watches Elf when they work out? Who is like, I'm gonna get a workout in? Nothing gets me pumped like Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah. you know it's great. My I do I do four sets of bicep twenty uh, of bicep curls when he's singing in the shower when she's singing in the shower and he's watching <laughs> like a creep. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you call them bicep curls? Zing. Mainstream Hollywood's cultural appropriation is on full display here. If you thought blackface movies like these stooped to being made in the 1950s, then you are sadly mistaken. Would have been that difficult to cast an actual elf in the lead role? Hollywood, get your act together. Wait, what? <laughs> By the way, they, didn't, they weren't making blackface movies in the 50s anymore. You know. I, I don't know where these people get this information. Or wait, they were with that one C. Thomas Howell film, Soul Man. Soul Man, but that was an exception. No, yes. But I guess Gary Coleman was unavailable, so they got Dinklage. Are you going to go out there and try try to get Billy Barty and have to pay George Cooney money to get him? I don't think so. <laughs> My parents were fooled by Amazon's rent for free as the $3.99 was crossed off. It actually took money from my reward points. I know it's not the movie's fault, but very misleading by Amazon nonetheless. I will no longer be renewing my membership. Well, these all sound like people, incredibly stupid people. Like, they're probably the movies are. You're really catching on. You're, you're really <laughs> catching on, Goots. You're really getting yeah. the whole, the gist of this. I have four more because these are so goddamn good. This movie made me feel uncomfortable to watch with my children ages one through seven. I kept thinking <laughs> that the inappropriate content must have been about done, but more and more kept coming. We ended up turning it off halfway through and having to have a discussion about how nudity is inappropriate for film. There was also issues that were thankfully above their heads. In just the first half, there was a scene with a nude woman in the shower another scene where is the discussion about elf following her to the shower because she is naked scenes with lingerie a jail scene crude references to peep shows i have requested a refund and we will not be finishing this film you know who doesn't follow her into the shower her ex-husband oh my also that's a lot of kids ages one through seven Jesus. <laughs> what is she fucking mormon or Orthodox yeah, like, Jew. Or the, or Orthodox. That's a lot of kids to like have to have. Those like, poor kids are ruined. Yeah. <laughs> They're all going to end up in porn. And yeah, chi- hopefully true. child services first and then porn. They're going to be like, it all started where my mom would let me see Joey Duchanel in the shower. So I started <laughs> watching her in the shower. Surprisingly, this movie was created for a young audience that displayed numerous acts of violence. But, by wor- but the worst by far was the insult and hateful slurs against little people. This eventually led to a violent attack between the little person and the elf characters. Terrible. Not only do I not recommend this for children, it should be banned for all. Action should be taken to remove this film. I am ashamed of this kind of indifference to the ongoing lack of kindness and compassion for people born with dwarfism. Their medical conditions should not be allowed for this kind of abuse. Uh, Seda Fuller has put her name on that, and she wants to virtue signal even more somewhere else. (laughs) Uh, I, I got news for you. I guarantee you in 10 years, that'll be a serious discussion on Twitter that we should ban Elf. I guarantee you the way kids are going now, that's what's going to that, watch that happen. 
this movie should be bad, but not because of the, the yeah. dwarf material. Am I the only one who is uh, creeped out by these guys in tights? They purposely didn't cover their private areas. Disgusting Hollywood creeper vibe. Signed, Stan Lee. Really, Stan Lee? No. no. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> I never noticed his balls. Did you guys notice his balls? I, I never were like, look at those balls. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Goots. That my sexuality doesn't go that way. But if it does for you, go for it, Bubbity. <laughs> no, but like this guy's like, I could like they didn't cover his crotch. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's in a goddamn onesie for the entire for an hour and forty minutes for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Very poor picture quality. Let me look up who produced New Line Cinema versus this knockoff. Shame of eighty-seven billionaire Bezos for not putting measures in place. Made in the USA, Bezos, or moved to China. Does he know like every DVD is like made in China or something? I love when they uh, they call out Bezos like he's sitting there re- on his rocket ship reading to see who's trashing his movies yeah. for not the reason. Oh, this guy did like Elf. We need them have a staff meeting. <laughs> All right, send Mark seven four three two a refund of three ninety nine, please. <laughs> Last one. Sorry, Bill Farrell is not funny at all. Moron comedy intentionally performed is just not funny. No millions love him, just not a fan. Sorry I wasted $4 and rented this on a suggestion. Moron comedy intentionally performed? So if it's unintentionally, it's funny? And are there movies where they're just people unintentionally being morons? Yes, Napoleon Dynamite. (laughs) Case in point. Touche. Kevin Israel, before we ask Ray Goots if he got the sacred cow, I think you have an announcement for everybody. Oh, we're doing this? I was wondering if we're going to do this. Wow. This is, I didn't this know. Is, this is, uh, this is the. I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> Surprise. You just throw this at me? I mean, kind of by, by rule of mathematics, yes, you should have not been I surprised. Know, I know. I know. I, I was just hoping we, I could slip off into the sunset and no. not be noticed. I can't. We can't um, have it without an explanation. <laughs> So uh, unfortunately, due to the realities of lives, having a baby, my career, my professional career, my comedy career, um, something had to give. And my wife, my boss, my child, everybody started putting pressure on me. And unfortunately, I will have to be exiting, uh, gutting the sacred cow. This is my last episode. I guess this will air as the last episode because we've just taped a whole bunch of them. Um, And I do want to say that this is one of, if not the most brilliant podcasts put together kevin honestly this was a, this was a genius idea i saw it over two years ago when you just when you you know you posted want to do a movie podcast and i think i was one of the first few guys to respond you called me up told me about it and i was like that's fucking that's on and it's been awesome ever since and the evolution of this podcast has been an amazing thing to be part of we really i mean if you listen to our first episode to our episode our latest episodes I mean, there's growth between the two of us, the, the show, the ideas, the format. I mean, it's really become a, a, a masterfully oiled machine. And I loved being part of it. I love Kevin Goatee. I, I love oh. you too, right? Um, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I, I regret having to leave, but unfortunately life gets in the way. And I have a feeling that two or three weeks after this episode airs, Kevin's going to get a call from like Sirius or somebody with a million dollar offer. Oh, and, wish. and I'm going to be like, ah, fuck, <laughs> because I wouldn't be surprised because this is such a great idea. And I know this podcast is going to go on to do great things. I will continue to be a supporter of it. I will lobby Kevin to come on and gut movies as they come to me. 
Um, but unfortunately, uh, for the foreseeable future, I have to um, bow out respectfully and gratefully to be part of such an awesome show. Um, those are those are kind words. Now, take two, please, from the top. <laughs> a little more. I'm out, please. bitches. Heaven <laughs> sucks. This is a historic episode. It uh, is. It is. It is. And I listen. Uh, guys, so let's not read into this. This is there, there's been someone put out there today on Twitter, and so funny that this happened as we taped this at the end of April, April 26th. Someone put, at what point did you start hating your co-host? I go never, and there never would have been an inclination otherwise for each of us to hate each other. So there's nothing going. There's no like no. you know discord or or, or 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 harmony issues. This this when Kevin told me this a few months ago, this broke my heart because again the chemistry we have is amazing. You fans hear it, you love us for you, the repartee we've developed. Like you had said, day one versus hundred forty ish episodes, maybe even fifty by the time you hear yeah. this. It, it, it's it's night and day, and it, it sucks that he has to do this. Um, and of course, you obviously have an open uh, uh, an open invite to come on anytime you want to and, and jump on in there. And for the meantime, folks, what are we going to do? No, I, I, there's no way I have a guest host lined up. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have a lot of your favorite people that you've had heard on the show jump in and sit as a co-host on there. So we'll have a rotating guest chair. Uh, for the for the for the for foreseeable future, I don't know how long it's going to take until I finally settle on this because I t- obviously I take this shit very seriously since and we put a ton of investment time wise and money into it. And I and Kevin's right. And I thank you for those words. It is a winner. I know it is. And all you listening, you know it's a winner too. So it's going to take a long ass time to, re- to to replace the the fucking the co gutter the co host chair. So Godspeed to you, sir. And of course, if you change your mind, come on back, baby. <laughs> you know, you know I will. And oh, and by the way, <laughs> and by the way, Ray did got this cow. Oh, you! I was just gonna tee it up, you mother. <laughs> Have you, you not learned? Have you not learned? Yes. I'm one for one. I, you guys didn't think I got it Jurassic Park. So that's one out of two. Yeah, one out of two. I think. All right. So yes, Ray, I co-signed on, on that gutting of, of the uh, well of, done of this cutting. Yes, very well done. Not surprised after watching. Go. This is this is not gonna be. Uh, this is not gonna take a a mob to, to bring it down. This is going to take a, a nice stiff wind and a board with a nail at the end mm-hmm. of it. And Goots was that man with that board and that nail. Goots, we love having you. Tell everybody what you're up to again, where we can find you, what you're working on. Uh, yeah, so I have a weekly podcast, Goots Disney Pod, where me and Comedian review a movie from Disney's catalog. Um, it's not all, it's, it's every movie that Disney either made or bought. So, you know, in the future, if Disney buys a porn company, we're covering Debbie Does Dallas. <laughs> So, uh, but you can follow that podcast called Goots' Disney Pod. Right now we're on the Muppet season. And you can follow us on um, Instagram, Goots' Disney Pod, Twitter, Goots' Disney Pod. And then follow me, Ray Goots. I have a sh- monthly show at The Stand. I have a bi-monthly show at Hartford Funny Bone. I'm working on some other uh, shows that could be taken off. So, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Lots of big things. But the Goots' Disney Pod, I have a ton of fun doing that one. And uh, Kevin was just on it, and we were – we went after. Were you the solo. last Jedi or no? I, I or was, no, you were solo. I was solo. I couldn't do. Yeah, the last Jedi was too last minute for me to, to watch that shithole again. Yeah, that's fucking rough. But uh, yeah, I'm doing all that, and yeah, and fo- follow me on Instagram and everything for my comedy videos. So yeah, Kevin Israel, where can we find you besides your house? <laughs> KevinIsrael.com for comedy dates and all my upcoming shows. Calendar for the summer is filling up nicely. And um, my album, The Struggle is Real. And more importantly, please leave this amazing, historic, 
incredible podcast, a five-star rating, and a few-sentence review on your podcast platform of choice. Kevin Goatee will continue to highlight those reviews that really stand out, and it's an opportunity for you to get mentioned on our social media, and it's an opportunity for the folks at Cutting the Sacred Cow to smile. And so who doesn't want all of those things? Yeah, it is a warmer of the cockles of your heart. KevinGoatee.com for other shenanigans and whatnot. Gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us, which we strongly advise you do. Go check us out in the metaverse. When you're done jerking off with a VR helmet around your head, you can watch this show in the metaverse in the joke comedy room. That's right. Give that a looky-loo. Tell your friends about us most importantly. That's how we keep this, uh, this ship running. And a lot of you have. A lot of you really told a lot of your friends and we've hooked them. And it's again, we see this on Twitter at least several times a week. Tried one episode and I was hooked from jump. That's we know it. We've got a good one here. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, it it's I bid you adieu, and you've been an absolute monster co-host. And it's this has Thank been you. the most effortless endeavor I've ever had with uh, with another podcast host. Agreed. Alone. And it's been an absolute fucking treasure trove of joy. And I mean that all in sincerity and uh, the best of luck. And you're not going to hear, obviously, like I said, you're not going to this is not the end. This is, it's a nice pause until you hear him again on this very fine podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Goots, thanks again for coming on, pal. We appreciate thanks. it. Thank Everyone, you, man. Take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.